Welcome to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast, your crackerjack clinical insurgents pitting evidence against anecdotes. What's poppin' Gorilla Social Workers? We're stoked to bring you another chit-chat with your host, Jeff Orange Cotton Candy Moore, and yours faithfully, Mace Warren. Jeff and I are both forensic psychotherapists that are in the business of fixing troubled individuals who have made some questionable life choices. We love sharing our misguided musings with all of you, and we thank you so much for your ongoing listenership. Today, the GSW crew is presenting the latest and greatest news that affects the social work field. We talk a little nostalgia for childhood movies that just don't hold up, and Jeff finally, finally gives me his long-awaited, albeit underwhelming New Year's dare. Now look, aren't, aren't you tired of being a selfish hoarder of all the joy and laughter you get from our show? Well, we have a solution for you. Give us a five-star rating and share the show with a friend. It's the perfect way to spread the love and let others know that you're not the only one with good taste. Plus, think of all the good karma you'll get from sharing our hilarious banter and witty commentary. So don't be a podcast hermit. Share the love and give us a five-star rating. Your ears and soul will thank you. And now, on with the show. I think we're rolling. Word up. Rolling, 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 rolling. Oh, Fred Durst. <laughs> what was that? Uh, what was that? Sh- that game that was on? Uh, remember, we used to play it over at Justin and Aaron's house, and it was um, Road Rash. No, <laughs> from Sega. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that was a cool game. Hell yeah, it was. That didn't have. Uh, that didn't have. Uh, that had lim- a lot of good music. On didn't it, have though. Limp Biscuit on it though. Yeah. Um, no, it was a computer game, and. And you were like, uh, oh, was it? I can't remember. You so you were a guy, and you fought Fred Durst, but he wasn't. It, it wasn't Fred. It was like Dread Durst or something like or something I like don't that. Remember that? Yeah, it was. Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was hilarious. And you en- ended up fighting him, and it was just. And he's, it, it, oh gosh, man, I wish I knew the name of that. That that memory is completely not in my head, man. Dread. You sure it was me? Yeah, 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 yeah. You were there. You were there. It was it was when um, he lived with that guy, Kevin, down by. Yeah, yeah. And, and they lived, yeah. And we were, gosh, what was the name of that? Uh, I guess it's irrelevant now. Yeah. But yeah, well. We guess. did way better about having a. Uh, an episode not four months since our last one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what, Way three better. weeks deep? Are we three weeks from our last episode? Yeah. I guess sickness and scheduling conflicts haven't plagued us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, dude, how long are you going to let your hair go? My wife you cut did. three inches off it. Like, oh. Yeah. And I, I'm is that just cut again. A trim or? Yeah. I. Well, so here's the thing. What's, yeah, I, what's the intention right. here? I got to know. So I, I assume there's like two people on youtube who want to know too 
Yeah, because they've seen you. They've seen you evolve into a full fledged vagrant. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say here. Here comes a bum comment. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and you 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 did caution me. I remember, by the way, about about the 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 dangers of having a big beard and big hair. Mm-hmm. I know, mm-hmm. I know. Here's yeah, you le- you, le- you legit like right out of the gate look psycho. Every every bad well every bad mugshot that you've ever seen is a psycho with an unkempt beard and hair all over the place. And immediately you think crazy person. Have you seen Nick Nolte's mugshot? I think it's, is it him? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, So I figure I have three or four years worth of still having hair and I've never, (laughs) I've had that, dude, I've had the same haircut since I was 15. Yeah. But if it works, it works. I I know. And I can go back to it. Yeah. But I mean, cause again, once I go bald, or, you know, lose hair. Then I have to go bald, bald. But I just wanted to see what long hair looks like. And the wife likes Wait, it. Wait, what's your what's your over under on having hair? When do you think it's going to be gone? I don't know. I figure a few years. Oh, my my, my like dad's gone, started, gone. George Costanza gone. No. OK, no. Uh, gone to me is thinning to the point that it's uh, that a comb over would look bad. Oh, yeah. OK. OK. So, I mean, I've already got a high forehead, but like the. It's still pretty thick, but okay. I just figure, I don't know. So yeah, just trying long hair. I okay. look great in a beanie also. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, I have noticed that like hats, if you're wearing a hat yep. and there's a little flare out of the bottom, that it always looks, looks kind of good. Yep. Yeah. But, but so you're not, you're not going like full, uh, I don't know, liver King type. I, I've already, I've already trimmed it oh, okay. like yeah a couple of times. I, but you're supposed to a little bit, aren't you? Or. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, she shaped it. Um, like. Because it was getting like bushy, it looked stupid for a minute. I was going, I had like the Mufasa look going. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. So yeah, she's she's trimmed it along the way, but uh, I don't know. I, I just keep messing with it. Uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll get sick of it. And trim yeah, it. well, I mean, no kudos. But my thing is, I would just I tried one time and I got. I, I didn't even get like nearly the length you are, and then I was like, "F this, dude," you know. And then yeah, we've ha- I've had. But John's talked to me about that before. He's always like, yeah, our buddy John, he's like, you should grow your hair. I'm like, no, it won't work. I was like, <laughs> I got this spike thing and that's all I got. And it's never going to go different. Well, John, so my wife's so upset about this because like she's been trying to convince me to grow my hair out mm-hmm. since I started dating her. Oh, yeah. Really? She's got a thing for dudes with long hair. And oh, okay. so I've never had long hair. So I wonder why she's with me. But <laughs> yeah, she uh, she's always been trying to get me to grow it, it out. And long then- hair elsewhere or? <laughs> no cap, right here, right here. Yeah. Right the, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, the beard. Yeah, it's the yeah. beard. Um, it was at fireworks at my house mm-hmm. last July. John, like, showed me a picture of some jacked redhead with a Viking with Viking hair and all oh, along, man. and he he's the one that kind of pushed me over the threshold to to grow it out. And she's like, "Really? I, I, I've been working on you for twenty years, and now he like, has that John way. Says, he has that way about him. He does. We got to get him on here. You know, I I think I saw that picture. It is. It is rather compelling, yeah. though. I mean, it is yep. for sure. So, hey, what, dude, whatever happened to your New Year's dare for me? I had one for you, but you never had one for me. <sighs> all right. Well, I've been working on it. And the, I know. Well, it, dude. Wh- all right. I I want I. I know what it is that I want you to do. It, it's just like I don't want to have to explain myself because it ruins it. So I've been I've been like debating in my head how to like pitch it to you in a way that works with what my goal is. 
Is this like you're going to try to get me into a gay encounter with you or? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, not your, that. Your preface is, yeah. is moving in that direction. Yeah. It, it does have something to. Nothing against do. gay dudes. I just, yeah, you know. You just were feeling that I was grooming you. Yeah. I, yeah a little bit. Yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. I, and you're, you're, you're pretty slick. You're, you're, you're hard to manipulate. And so I'm, I'm working on it. I'm Wait, so is this one of those New Year's dares I won't even know about till it already happened? No, no. Here, so, all right, here, I'll just, I'll just come out with it. And I just don't know how it works, but like, I want you, okay, I want you to spend eight hours, eight hours, okay, picking up trash on the freeway. I could do that. I could and, do that today. And I don't, but only I can know about it. So, does so that have to be in disguise, though? Yeah, I mean, if people drive by and recognize you, it's fine. Oh, okay. But yeah. I, well, wait, wait, but people know about it now already. You ruined it. But you, you haven't decided if you're going to take it or not, though. And I mean, you, you maybe you'll do it, maybe you won't do it. But it, but uh, it, it has to be. So this is this is why this is why I was hesitating telling you is because like this right here is oh, that okay. like now I've talked about it on the podcast, but I don't know how else to pull it off. But that that's what I want you to do. That's not much of a dare. Like that's it. That's, that's what easy. I want you to do, though. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> that's pretty easy yeah. to accomplish. Yeah. Well, well, going, there, I, going hunting isn't much of a dare. That's just sounds fun, kind of well, hard, but fun. Yeah. But this is there's something behind this, though. There's something there's a nefarious plot to this, though. There's a plot. Yeah. There, not there, nefarious. Picking up trash is not the end game. Like, I know there's something else behind <laughs> that, which I will figure out. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. I'll figure it out and then uh, use it against you. <laughs> Machiavellian. Dude. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, uh, I was I, speaking of, of, of plots. I, have you ever, um, I was, <laughs> I was going to ask you about this because it's kind of good for setting the because we're doing some news today and it has like these are some uh stories that you and i cultivated we'll probably get to like uh two or whatever mm. but um have you noticed like and i get maybe this is just part of you know getting into your midlife or whatever but so when you were a kid right you'd watch a movie and it was just a banger, right? Like it was super sweet and you watched it a bunch and you Lionheart. and you loved it with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. It's a good one. Loved right. It. Um, but then as you turn into an adult, you go back and watch it and, and you're excited because of the idea of nostalgia, but then you watch it and it just doesn't hold up very well. So in the Jean-Claude Van Damme realm, Lionheart, eh, all right. But one that fell apart completely was Bloodsport. That was just that's a good example. Lionheart is a better movie than Bloodsport over the test of time. Right. But man, what a cool concept Bloodsport had. You know, this mm -hmm. Kumite people get together. Plus, at the time, we thought it was true. Yeah, I and thought, it got advertised as being true. It's like, damn, Frank Dukes, dog. What He's, a stud. Yeah, and then you just go into the forest and fight people in some Kumite. Yeah, like it. it yeah, it, and then you just it, found out it was fake. It's yeah, it's fake. He's a he's a fraud. He's a charlatan. the The fight scenes are cheesy. Uh, the the acting is horrific. Yeah. The American wrestler guy is not as cool as I remember. But he's, when you were cool and you when it was when you were young, it was cool. And you saw Jean Claude Van Damme doing that weird spinning, jumping back kick. Every every his same move. And like everybody and the, every dude was so 
dazed they just watched him kick them yeah they just watch his foot coming towards his head and yeah like they they don't move they these these top level martial artists that are like the best of the best in the world that are fighting to the death don't think to put their hands up yeah but but dude i okay so i i i got two two movies that I'm just going to tell you the plot of them, but I'm not going to give you the names of the characters or anything. And I need you. And these are f- likely from our childhood. I think you'll, I think you'll get them. Well, one of them with relative ease. The other one's maybe a little bit more ambiguous, but uh, I'm not good at guessing movies, man. I'll try. I'm, I'll play. This first one is I'll a warm up. Should be a little bit obvious. Okay. So Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> no. Okay. Although that one's pretty damn creepy when you break it down. Uh, <laughs> So it says this movie is set in a mystical land where unicorns roam and the forces of good and evil are in constant conflict. The story follows a young hero who is in love with a beautiful princess who becomes a target of a powerful evil force. The devil orders his minions, including goblins and other dark creatures, to cut the horn from a living unicorn while it is enchanted by the princess, plunging the world into eventual eternal darkness. Eventually, the devil also seeks to capture the princess to use her to destroy the purity and goodness of the unicorns. The hero embarks on a perilous journey to rescue his beloved and restore the unicorn horn with the help of a band of loyal allies that includes elves and fairies. They travel through enchanted forests and treacherous mountains, encountering magical creatures and facing dangerous obstacles along the way. As they approach the location where the princess is held captive, they must evade the devil who seeks to prevent them from freeing the princess and mending the unicorn, restoring the balance between good and evil. Man, I was going to say never any story, but it's not that. It's the, the, what's that called? I don't remember. It's, it, I'll give you a hint. We just featured the main character in a pretty sweet motorcycle jump. I knew, yeah, uh, I, I remember what what I joked about it being called. Yeah, but I'm not saying it's like the welfare Lord of the yeah, Rings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's that called again? So legend yeah. is the name of that yeah. movie. Okay. <laughs> now, here's the thing about that. If you go back and watch legend today, that shit holds up. It's pretty good. Is it really? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, there, it, there was it was really low budget, the special, of, but you didn't really need special effects. I mean, there weren't it was just, you know, people doing crazy shit. And by the way, the best looking devil in film history, I may add Tim Curry. Was that was that was pretty sweet devil. I don't remember what he looks like. Was he he a handsome fellow? Oh yeah yeah yeah. I can pull up a picture of him as we were going here. Yeah. Want me want me to show you? Let's see this handsome. Yeah devil. yeah yeah. He's this handsome devil. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys catch that? <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a. Let's see. Uh, yeah, welfare Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, or or Western Family Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah. One of those yeah, two. Yeah, that's yeah. Great value, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. Wish dot com Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude! Look at that right there. <laughs> that's not, that is that is not him. That, that's, that's handsome. <laughs> that looks a, like the South Park devil. Here, let me get this. So that that is not what we're talking about. This this let's just check this out right here. Hopefully, this doesn't bring me to some. What is this? Oh, there it is. Just show me the picture, dude. Careful, there man. we go. I know. It seriously looks like the South Park devil, man. That's pretty sweet, though. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty sweet devil. I mean, if you get right down to it. <laughs> the, the the horns seem too big for his head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is It is pretty. He does like, some... That's the size of the horns that you'd see on like a a, a buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's some sweet. Satan, though. I, I love you always get into the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Anyway, so that's the that's right. one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now this other one, it's probably a little bit more popular, but uh, and much darker though when you get right down to it. 
Okay, so see if you can remember this one. Uh, this dark film tells the story of a teenage girl whose little brother is kidnapped by a mysterious and malevolent dictator of a foreign country. The despot has made it his personal mission and life's work to kidnap children at a young age to indoctrinate them and make them part of his personal band of warriors. Out of desperation, without her parents' knowledge, the girl runs away from home and attempts to confront the antagonist. The sadistic kingpin gives the teenage girl the illusion that she can simply walk into a stronghold to retrieve her brother. However, the sinister tyrant has constructed a complex series of deadly traps and puzzles that force the girl to confront her deepest fears and make gruesome choices to stay alive. Determined to rescue her brother, the girl embarks on a dangerous journey accompanied by a group of rebels who offer her assistance and guidance. As she progresses deeper into the malevolent snarl, the girl discovers that the dictator's intentions are far more sinister than she initially realized. Along the way, the girl encounters a variety of surreal and often morbid trials and challenges, testing her bravery, resourcefulness, and determination. The wicked tyrant attempts to kill her by dropping her from great heights, stabbing her, grinding her to death with a jumbo mining drill, poisoning her with hallucinogens, forcing her to cross a literal river of feces and rot, blowing her up with explosives, crushing her, and shooting her with a gun. The villain, who is much older than the girl and clearly unstable, becomes increasingly obsessed with her and attempts to seduce and manipulate her into becoming his bride. Despite his efforts to undermine her resolve, the girl remains focused on rescuing her brother and foiling the antagonist's nefarious plan. As the girl draws closer to the final confrontation with the antagonist, the stakes become higher than ever, and she must use all of her strength and cunning to overcome the seemingly insurmountable obstacles in her path. With its haunting visuals, haunting themes, and unforgettable characters, this movie is mesmerizing an unforgettable journey into the dark realms of the human psyche. This was some shit you watched as a kid? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> I, I know I haven't seen that. Oh, you have. You have. It's a little banger called Labyrinth. <laughs> what? Is it? <laughs> You've seen Labyrinth, right? Uh-uh. You've never seen Labyrinth uh-uh. with David Bowie? No. And oh my god, dude. Yeah. Everybody watching this would know like what this is. And dude, it's so funny because it's a it's a kid show and it's about and the only difference is all that is true. Everything about that is 100% true. What the hell? It's a Jim Hansen movie though. Yeah, and and what's the thing that makes it not evil is Muppets. They throw Muppets in there and all like and, and wow. you know, yeah, yeah, dance magic, dance magic, totally dance magic. Yeah, saying, yeah. I was like, man. hold on, yeah, dude. He like, just... <laughs> he's that is a sixteen-year-old girl, and and he kidnaps her little brother, and then he puts her through all these trials and tribulations, going through the labyrinth. Tries to kill her multiple times. She literally does have, and to, then tries to seduce. Yeah, she literally does cross a river of shit. By the way, I was just going to ask about the river. Yeah, yeah. They, they call it the bog of eternal stench. It's just shit. And if you ever get it on you, then you smell forever, according to legend. And they have to, and they have to cross that labyrinth. Yeah, labyrinth. And then, and then she eventually gets to his castle, where all his little warriors come out. Because if he kidnaps her brother, then he will remain. So it's, it's a baby, by the way. If he kidnaps her little brother then he will eventually become a goblin, you know, part of his minions. And then all these goblins try to kill her with cannons and gunfire. There, there's one part where there, where there's a group of them who try to rip her limbs off and like, and then, and then at the end he tries to seduce awesome. her. But dude, dude, you got to see this. I got, I, I got a clip is, for us. Is it, is it, well, I guess it's Jim Henson. It's, it's made for kids. Yeah. You haven't ever seen Labyrinth. Dude, everybody's going to hate you for never seeing Labyrinth. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't it was a hundred percent made for kids. Yeah. Although it did have Jennifer Connelly in it, who by the way, has aged very well in the new Maverick. If you have not seen that, uh, that's not seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, 
Okay. <laughs> oh, that's David Bowie. That's David. And and like, so here's here's the end scene of this. He has one of the best lines ever in this. I'll, I'll get you to there. But okay. this this is just a two-minute clip. You'll see what I'm talking about. Look at that creep. 50-year-old dude. 16-year-old girl. Give me the child. Sarah, beware. By the way, is that bulge 100% necessary? I mean, he was sporting yoga pants before Lululemon even existed. See what I'm saying? <laughs> it just adds to the whole <laughs> yeah. problem and with he's this walk- show to begin and with. And he's walking around this whole time about this teenage girl. Well, watch this. Okay. I have been generous up until now. But I can be cruel. Generous? What have you done that's generous? Everything. Everything that you wanted, I have done. You asked that the child be taken. I took him. You cowered before me. I was frightened. I have reordered time. I have turned the world upside down. And I have done it all for you. I am exhausted from living up to your expectations. Look at that seduction. Isn't that generous? Through dangers and tones and hardships and numbers. This is some limerick that's going to kill him or something. I've fought my way here to the castle beyond the goblin city. For my will is as strong as yours. And my Stop. Wait. Look, Sarah. Look what I'm offering. Your dreams. Listen to this creep. And my kingdom is great. I ask for so little. Just let me rule you. <laughs> and you can have everything that you want. Just let me what? Just let me rule you. <laughs> and you can have everything you... I ask for so little. Some grooming, huh? What a, what a creep, dude. I ask for so little. Just let me rule you. And you can have everything that you want. Here comes here comes the best line ever. Watch. Kingdom is great. Damn. I can never remember that line. Just fear me. Love me. Do as I say, and I will be your slave. <laughs> Fear me, love me, do as I say, and I'll be your slave. <laughs> Dude, how bad? I, I'm telling you, that's a kid show, though. And they, and you just, yeah. So it's about all of that. Then you throw Muppets in there, and they're like, yeah, dance, magic, dance, magic, dance. You're like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> this is for kids? Come on. Yeah. Uh, talk a little about overcoming victims' resistance. I know, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, speaking of uh, hot sex offender news, Labyrinth, you know? Look. <laughs> It sounds like a playbook. Yeah, it's on Netflix now, folks. I, I for sure haven't seen that shit. Oh yeah, you should give it a shot. I don't know. I, I look, mean, when you're, it doesn't look good at all. No, when you were a kid, it, it's got some cool stuff going on in. Yeah, like, it, it can't be one of the. It could not hold up now. If I've never seen it, I go watch it. I did you ever see way. Dark Crystal with Jim Henson? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Labyrinth is better than that. I think. Okay. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. Like, I mean, if you don't make it through, you'll get the gen- you'll get the general idea. I think pretty I got quick. the general idea, but yeah, <laughs> I gave you a good enough description. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm good. Yeah. So, so what stories did you put together for us here? Well, I got the one the, I think in I don't know if it was last sex offender news or the mm-hmm. one previous. I, I deja vu. I think we talked a little bit about the whole death penalty for sex offenders um, discussion and. Um, 
now this uh, also, Ron DeSantis has put forward that as a, a a bill, and I don't know if it's legit or not. On the way on the way here, mm-hmm. I was like just seeing if there's any other news on the whole, you know, in Florida, you know, putting forth the the sex offend the death sentence for sex offenders, and the New York Post had a video saying that it's passed. And it, it was like a 30 second clip. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm assuming that it was actually the New York post, but I, that, that was something I was hoping that we get some almost real time finding out if, if that actually passed. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a uh, pretty significant. We can look at well, this, this, that, this, man. uh, this clip is not super old. Um, Let's just take a peek here. This is nothing to do. Obviously, with the lanes reopen on I-75 near Myomacher 78, but hey. Also, Florida lawmakers are pushing to expand the death penalty here in the Sunshine State. So one proposal gaining steam in the legislature would put convicted child rapists to death. Fox 4 Investigates' Ryan Kruger joins us live with the latest details. And Ryan, this bill cleared a very powerful mm. committee. Do you think these two girls are friendly to each other off screen? I'm not catching that with their body language. The the girl on the right is kind of angling away from the girl on our left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, now it's paused and I'm looking at their faces and it could just be where you capture screen capture faces. But right there, right there. No, no. They've had some talks back in the break room that didn't go well. Not, not to each other, to coworkers. To coworkers, not to each other. They did wouldn't you, confront like, each other. Did you see what Nadine was wearing yeah, today? <laughs> and the legislature would put convicted child rapists to death. Fox 4 Investigates' Ryan Kruger joins us live with the latest details. And Ryan, this bill cleared a very powerful mm. committee yesterday. And it passed that committee unanimously. In <coughs> fact, one of the people supporting this bill is herself a survivor of child sexual assault. She says that pain never goes away. Now, this bill would allow for the death penalty to be, to be a sentencing option for someone convicted of capital sex crimes involving a child under capital the age of 12. The Florida Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, along with Floridians for Alternatives to the Death Penalty, have both come out against this bill. They argue courtrooms are a place for justice, not vengeance. But Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book of Broward County, oh, herself a child books. sexual assault survivor, gave an impassioned speech during committee meetings. There is no statute of limitations that a victim suffers. This is a life sentence that is handed down to young children. We're talking about the youngest of the young in this bill. I was one of those kids. Wow. Bill now heads to the full Senate for a vote. Experts believe if it does pass, the governor will sign it into law. However, there is one big issue with this bill. Critics say it's unconstitutional. The Supreme Court ruled 15 years ago on this very topic. I'm going to dive into that coming up on Fox four news at six. All right. I'm- Dude, that if, if you, if you're a listener that the Lauren book, that, that Senator, that woman that was just talking was, uh, she made a pretty prominent, um, feature in a film called untouchable, which, uh, the two of us reviewed in like a three part long drawn out podcast. <laughs> um, it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And so untouchable, just is like a quick recap. It kind of examines, um, the impact of, I guess, I guess society's view and impact of, uh, sex offenders and sex offender laws. And so it kind of does, it, it dives into the lives of sex offenders and shows what they go through. And then it dies into the lives of, um, a victim of sexual offending. And, uh, the, the, the victim in this case was 
the woman you just saw there, Lauren Book, when she was much younger. And her father, I think his name is Ron, I want to say, Book. And he's a he's a he's a mover. He's a power play type of guy, big, big deal in the, in, in Florida. And he's, he's done a lot to really crank, uh, to cramp down on what sex offenders can and can't do in Florida. Mm -hmm. And, and she was the impetus for him to put forward these, a lot of the laws that Florida sex offenders deal with. And now, yeah, it looks like I didn't know she was a Senator. It looks like she has gone beyond, uh, the charity that she had. Yeah. It's, it seemed like Lauren or whatever. Yeah. 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 It seemed also like at one point or another, she was not necessarily compassionate, but like maybe towards the end, it almost it seemed like, like she was kind of backing off a little bit, you know, like and, lowering the intensity a little. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. But obviously not, not, that's not happening. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Pushing forward death penalty is about as high intensity as it gets. Well, so clearly now like they're, um, it sounds like they've at least passed a committee, but that doesn't mean it's put into law yet. Right. I, I don't know. That's what I was trying to figure out. That's yeah. I wonder, I never understand. I mean that, uh, what is that thing that when we were kids, how tried to pass to, a, yeah, the, that, yeah, I, I want to say jailhouse rock, but that <laughs> schoolhouse rock. We're thinking rock? Of the same thing. Is that what it yeah, is? I know, I know the song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I was yeah. like, what, wait, what happens with bills? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Real quick, real time search the the article that what I saw I put in uh, Florida. Yeah. Florida sex offender death penalty. And maybe just, uh, I got uh, it. Okay. Okay. Let's just check it out here. Oh, here we go. Passes bill. Wow. That is the New York post though, for sure. So here we go. Just to make sure that we're not Florida lawmakers have approved legislation backed by governor Ron DeSantis that would permit the death penalty for those convicted of sexually abusing children. The bipartisan proposal, bipartisan too, which passed uh, by a vote of 34 to 5 late Tuesday, will allow juries to hand out death sentences by votes of at least 8 to 4. So not even unanimous. Not even unanimous, yeah. After previously requiring unanimity, the bill which passed the uh, Florida House of Representatives 95 to 14 last week, and which Ron DeSantis is expected to sign, would apply those convicted of abusing a child under the age of 12. Oh, interesting. My view so, is... So it's specific... Oh, sorry. Yeah, my uh, my view is some of these people that will be a serial rapist of six, seven-year-olds, DeSantis told, good morning, Orlando, Monday. I think the death penalty is the only appropriate punishment when you have situations like that. So he's, he's making the case that sex offenders will continually do it again and again and again when offending against younger children. And so it's like a protective mechanism. That, that mm-hmm. seems to be the case that he's arguing. Right. So I think the death penalty is the only appropriate punishment when you have situations like that. So, yeah, he looks like DeSantis is making the case that it's uh, it's a protective mechanism. Uh, and yeah, right on here. It's oh, there. Look at down. Read uh-huh. that quote down there. Uh, State Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book and state Senator Jonathan Martin, the bill's co-sponsors argued that those who sexually harm kids are likely to repeat their crime and deserve the ultimate penalty. Once a predator has a child ensnared, they will harm that child over and over and over again, book said, and then move on to another innocent child. So I, I, I think that this is my just hot take here. I I think that that reason might belie the actual motivations there. It, it, It does seem like that, their intentions are to really show the gravity of sexual offending and say, you know, that we want to levy the, the biggest sanction possible because like 
if it was just about reducing recidivism, they would just say life imprisonment. Right. You know? But, well, so. If it's, if the goal is to just cut recidivism, you would just say life imprisonment. So the yeah. death penalty is a step beyond that. And it seems like it might be a little vengeance based. Well, true. But I mean, so, so what's the purpose of that though? So, I mean, like, not that I'm like advocating for child rapists or anything, but I, I mean, um, I'm not, and I also don't want to start comparing like rape cases either. Cause that just gets mm-hmm. into a weird, you know, dynamic. Like, like for example, if I don't know, I mean, I've heard some pretty horrific, um, stories of adult rape as well, you know, and kidnapping and mutilation and stuff like that, but no, no death involved, no murder involved. And then people are sent to prison for, you know, however long they're sent to prison. Um, so I think a case for life in prison without the possibility of parole tends to make sense. I mean, and, but, um, I, I guess what the, if the goal is vengeance at that point, mm-hmm. you know, then, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, a lot of people would say, well, yeah, anybody who touches a kid that way deserves to die. Right. And you would, you would say that the idea would be, um, I, I don't know. Isn't the death penalty kind of a way, you know, in addition to like eye for an eye, but isn't it kind of a way of like, this is society's way of expressing a rejection of the pure horror of, you know, killing somebody or raping somebody. It's like there, there has to be a way for society to offer the ultimate condemnation of a behavior and the things that we as a society have probably almost unanimously decided that, are kind of the worst of the worst things would be like murder and, and child rape. And so it seems, sure. it seems like that's the intention. It, it, it's interesting. They don't, that, that, that doesn't sound good though, to a big section of voters that would push back and say, this is about vengeance that I think a way to make that appealing is to make it about reducing recidivism. It's just that if you, if you look a little beyond that and say life in prison would, would meet that end. Well, yeah, I mean, for sure, their recidivism is reduced if they're dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, unquestionably, yeah, um, yeah. I, but I wonder if life in prison without the possibility of, uh, possibility of parole does the same serves the same purpose, right? Um, and, and I get that, like, which purpose of recidivism or of expressing the horror of a yeah of recidivism, we, you know? Okay. Um, and and if that's ultimately your goal, then it serves that purpose. I mean, I don't. I've never, it's, I, nobody's ever been able to make sense to me about like deterrence, you know, as things being a deterrent. Cause I, it's difficult for me to understand how to, how do you measure that? Like, so how do you, how do you measure, um, a person who sees, so, so for example, if, if we were living in Florida and we were aspiring sex offenders, right. And we saw a guy convicted, of you know sexually abusing somebody under the age of 12 and then this was subsequently put to death how how are they going to measure that we saw that and then chose not to. we chose not to engage in any criminal behavior how is that measured it um i mean you're asking a question that i i have the same question dude uh, i have the exact same question and i i know that in our field we we get told very often that deterrence isn't an effective method for reducing crime. And how would you know either way though? Well, I, I don't think they're defining deterrence that way. So when, when I think about deterrence, I'm thinking about it the way that you are. 
that that like well that there's there there exists some potential offenders out there that upon discovering that now I can be put to death for this behavior that I'm not going to do it and to me that's mm. deterrence and I I I think they're measure that they researchers in our field are, are measuring that concept differently. They're not, they're not using it the way that you and I are thinking about it. Cause you can't measure that. How would you measure that? I, don't, I That's mean, the minority report shit. Well, yeah. Like, do you send out qualitative, uh, surveys? It would or? have to be, but I don't think that's what happens. Right. Right. So, and maybe, I mean, that's, I've always wondered about that or is deterrence more like, a um, a measure of recidivism and just turned into a different word. I think it's that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're looking at, I, I think that's what they're doing is they're looking at um, recidivism rates before and after and, and deciding if, if after the implementation of a bill, if the recidivism rates are about the same, they would say that, well, criminals aren't scared of this because they're still doing it at the same rates. But that, that does, that fails to account for all the people that kept it to themselves the entire time and never once. Well, let, I, I'd be curious about, I'd be curious about that if that's really how they look at deterrence right because honestly if you i know sometimes we get into the into like seminars and and uh trainings and conferences and everything and then um you know people are saying we have all the research in the world say deterrence doesn't work and sometimes i feel like it's just me and you like how do you know you know like because if deterrence is truly what we just described like would be criminals choosing not to engage in that behavior um and, and and that like yeah i i've engaged in in crimes to the degree that i need to be locked up um for a variety of reasons some of which is the loss of my freedom but nobody else knows that i've never been asked why that why that is so certainly my data point is irrelevant you know what i mean and i would assume everybody else's is and i've i've never i've and you would think that a, a survey of the general populace and saying, why don't you commit crime like a qualitative survey or something like that would be pretty ubiquitous in the research. But I've just never seen that. Right. So then if it's recidivism, well, then, yeah, that's true. Just locking somebody up and punishing them harshly and then releasing them back into the community without appropriate like intervention. Yeah. Well, of course, we know the research has shown that that's an effective way of deterring future crimes. It doesn't do much, but it's never presented in that way. Like deterrence has never talked about that that way. You know what I mean? That's been a problem that I've had with it for a long time. And, and I, cause like, then like, here's the thing is like, you read about it in, you know, you hear about it at a seminar, or read about it in like a social work journal deterrence mm-hmm. doesn't work. And, and, but then I go straight anecdotal. And I'll think to myself, has deterrence worked on me? And so this is a question that I want to pose and you don't have to answer it. Maybe I'll just pose it to the listeners in general. If you as a listener in your lifetime have uh, consumed more than your share of an alcoholic beverage in a given night, did you sleep on your friend's couch rather than drive home because you liked your friend's couch or did you sleep on your friend's couch because you didn't want to pick up a DUI? You know, that a lot of people will make, well, are scared of getting that DUI. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people that the, the reason that they don't drive home after a night out on the town is it, it's, it's nothing to do with public safety. I mean, some people think that way, but almost every time in my experience, people that I've talked to that have been drinking too much that, I mean, now you just get an Uber, but yeah, a lot of couches has been, have been slept on at house parties 
because people don't want to pick up the DUI. Sure. Sure. That's deterrence, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I, I think that would fit right within the same reason that, um, when you're, when you're driving down the freeway and your ways says police reported ahead and you slow down, I think that would also be guided by deterrence. But really a lot of that is we just do a quick cost benefit analysis and we say, I don't, I don't, the juice isn't worth the squeeze here. Um, going five, six, seven, ten over the speed limit really isn't worth the time, hassle, and money it's going to cost to get a ticket. So I'll slow down temporarily, and then when I feel like the coast is clear, I'll speed back up. Yes, I I think that's deterrence, and so yeah, to some degree that that works. But I'm saying like that's where I think it's all really. How do you ever measure that though? Like how is that ever put into a like a scientific paper where that's research, you know what I mean? Yeah. Super limited in, and, and maybe that's one of those things that like there, there isn't a good way to measure what you and I are after. Mm-hmm. I mean, like with, with, with sex offenses, you know, I, we talked to a lot of dudes and, um, in advance of their crime, uh, like a, a lot of them seem reasonably certain they're going to get away with it. They, they don't think they're going to get caught. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes they take measures to not get caught, but like the penalties for committing a sex offense are really quite stiff and offenders find ways when they're in kind of that, that mindset to make it okay with themselves to commit an offense. And then they, they do what they can to manipulate their environment or the victim to try to get away with it. And then they, and then they do it. And it, you know, the, it just, I don't know. I mean, of course, that's why I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Cause like on one hand I could, I could see people like, okay, yeah. You know, they really want to engage in a sexual behavior, but then knowing that the ultimate penalty is on the other side for them, that it might not engage in it. But then again, we, we, we have clients that they don't think that far ahead. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they make that claim. Well, so, so this is, I guess if so, uh, maybe we need to read a little bit more about it. But um, and we can, I think we have more on this article. But that's what I'm kind of curious about is, um, what is their, what's their overall intention of passing this, and what's the hope that it says? Maybe it says, um, book argued that execution guards against the targeting of additional victims. Uh, or did I miss something there? I don't know. Here we go. Okay, Pedof- uh, pedophile behavior has been deemed highly repetitive to the point of compulsion, she said. State Senator Rosalind Osgood, one of the five who opposed the bill, said she agreed that sexual attacks on kids are severe crimes, but uh, told fellow lawmakers that she struggled with imposing the death penalty in general due to her religious beliefs. Well, the bill also runs up against Supreme Court precedent. In 2008, the high court ruled 5-4 to four in Kennedy v. Louisiana that the death penalty could not be levied against child rapists or anyone who committed a crime in which the victim did not die. However, DeSantis suggested this week that the current Supreme Court, made up of six conservatives and three liberals, might be open to overturning that decision. The death penalty controversy made headlines in Florida last year after a jury sparked Parkland school shooter Nicholas Cruz from execution, um, or spared, rather, uh, Parkland shooter Nicholas Cruz from execution instead of handing down a life sentence. Um, that just goes into, yeah, anyway, so that's not really part of this, but, um, so my, I guess the, um, 
So is the intention if you pass, I, I guess I would be curious on their side of this is if you, if they passed a law that was so severe that it may make them think twice, is that maybe what the intention of the theory behind this is? That's what's being said. It, it, and I'm not calling them liars. It's just, I, I think that that's maybe the more politically favorable way of pitching it is yeah. to say this is to reduce recidivism. That that might be part of their motivation, but it, it, it does seem to look like, you know, Miss Book has been the victim of a severe amount of sexual abuse. She describes it in detail in that untouchable mm-hmm. documentary. And like, God, wouldn't she be curious to know, like, if, if does she want that levied against her perpetrator? Well, I, I think you have... It's kind of weird after a person is brought into the criminal justice system and they are put to death. Like it, it gets really morally weird. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if on on the I was thinking about this because I was thinking about the death penalty and and really, you know, what does that do? I I, I think um, the other thing I'd want to know about this, of course, because if a lot of people would say I do not care about that person who hurt a child in that regard. Okay, fine. I mean, I can't really, you can't really argue with that opinion. Plus it's an opinion and there's trying to convince somebody otherwise is pointless. However, there are some practical realities to that. And so one of the things would be, okay, well, let's say we do provide um, life in prison with parole. And I, and I say provide because there's a cost associated with that, right? You and I very well know that clients who are in the criminal justice system, particularly in incarceration, they're going to be, I mean, they, they have all their medical stuff taken care of, their food taken care of. Um, it's not as if they go into some gulag or something like that, you know, for, and they, there is ways of developing a new life and living in there. Um, albeit it's not preferable to a lot of people. Right. Um, but there's, there's ways of getting by in there and, and everybody not, you can live a happy and fulfilling life, but you will lead a life, you know, it'll be much lesser and all your freedoms are revoked, of course, but there's a cost to that. Um, and I know it's somewhere around, uh, I think close to $30,000 a year that it costs to house an inmate in prison. Now, the question I would have is, okay, compare that to the cost of housing somebody on death row and then what the costs of exhausting the appeals process is and then getting down to the point of execution, what the cost of that is. Right. And then you compare those two. And, and I say on a logistical front, well, which one's more expensive at that point? People need to take that in consideration too. Right. And maybe it is maybe the death. I've heard that, that the death penalty is exceedingly more um, expensive yeah. in terms of the overall cost. And so maybe it is, right? So so now it's like, okay, well, it's going to cost us. But it, but I, I don't think you'd ever hear from somebody ever that it'll make me feel better when he's dead. You would never hear that from a lawmaker. You'd never hear that from a politician. It, you just couldn't hear that. Even though that's probably the the motivation. Well, and 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 honestly, I don't know. I don't know how far from dude it, it's did I show you that video um, of it was a video of uh, it, it was I don't know if I showed it on here. It was a video of um, and maybe I don't even have it, but it was a video of uh, oh, geez, we're like not even where we should be. Um, it was a video of these guys who were have you heard about the whole problem with uh, dudes in California stealing catalytic converters? Oh, 
so you know what a cat catalytic converter is, right? So there's a, I, I can pull it up, but there's a, there's some pretty gnarly videos of these dudes. And, and this is like in Get, getting dope from them or what? No, 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 no. Well, they'll fit, they'll fence it. They'll sell it. Right. Because there's precious metals in there. Yeah. And, um, and it, it um, it's, uh, yeah, they, they'll, it, it's a pretty lucrative market. And, um, how do you spell catalytic converter theft? Here we go. Um, and it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, notorious right now this is the one that i wanted you to see here this is uh this is pretty crazy so these dudes right here are are legit they're they're rolling up to this house in broad daylight and they've already attempted there's another news story they tried to get under this dude's um this dude's truck before and steal it so this is in california broad daylight but look what happens to these guys Think about it. They just have sawzalls sitting there, right? I see. Broad daylight. Watch this. Look how loud that is. Car alarm goes off. They get a little spooked. They're like, no, we're good. Car's driving by. It is so brazen. Yeah. Little do they know, though. They just sawing into it right now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh they get shot? With paintballs. Oh, <laughs> oh that's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Look at <laughs> yeah, they're getting the they're getting the license plate number and everything. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah, dude. It, so okay, <laughs> that guy's got lit up. I know, I know. It's it's nuts, right? So yeah. then, but the, the the crazy thing about that though is, so they they did that, and then um and then they uh I was looking at some stories that were like associated with that, and there was like a story of a guy who was who was uh um trying to steal a catalytic converter and was up on a jack. So he jacked the car up, tried to steal a catalytic converter. The jack fell, crushed the guy dead, right? And then you look below it and there was comments and people were like, good, got what he deserved. I'm like, this thing, <laughs> California, you yeah, can't yeah, do anything yeah, about yeah. the, there's nothing, there's no death penalty there at all. And like people feel like, you know, righteous when a dude stealing a catalytic converter is killed. Dies, they're like, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah like, right. yeah, serves <laughs> him right. So I, I think to some degree, there is that part of us that all of us feel like when somebody gets their comeuppance that we feel good about it. Uh, one of the stories that I've seen was, did you ever see that gnarly video of that, of that guy? Um, he was like, uh, there was a sec, there was a guy who had been sexually abusing his son for years. He was like a martial arts instructor to his son. And he'd take his son on these trips and everything, all the while raping him, sexually abusing him and everything. So then they found him, arrested him, and they were extraditing him back to his his home state. And the dad was on like a phone 
you know, pretending incognito as they were walking him from the airport. And then this is back in the day when TSA didn't exist. And then as they were walking him through, the dad turned around with a gun. And I did blew. see that. Yep. Okay, right. Now, there's a lot of people who watched that and were like, hell yeah, brother, good work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's vengeance. That's what vengeance really is. Right. And so, but you never hear that. You never hear that's part of the bill. Like, like you never hear this is vengeance for those victims. Well, and, well, and exactly. I guess, I guess that's kind of the crux of what I'm, what I'm thinking is that that that's the real motive, but other motives get talked about as, yeah. as the reason uh, vengeance. It's, it's like, um, it has a negative connotation to it. Although it's something that appeals to all of us. Like, look, you know, I'm, it, as you can tell, I'm, you know, I'm taking a, I have a couple other reasons that I want to get to also as to why the death penalty might not be the right move. Mm-hmm. And and as I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm also recognizing that I had the luxury of not having somebody close to me right now. That's been sexually abused. And that, I mean, I, I think my ability to be pragmatic about this would go right out the window. If someone that I love, you know, especially one of my you know nieces and nephews mm-hmm. got abused and, I, I, uh, I would, I would be singing a very different tune and I recognize that, but I'm, I'm also recognizing that even though I can relate to that and even though that I could see myself getting to that level of anger or wanting retribution or, you know, even the, you know, the classic five minutes alone in a locked cell thing that everybody says, like, I can totally relate to that, you know, kill the person, but, but like that, that. I still think that there are some reasons that need to override that emotional vengeance based response. Would you say then that like based on that, it's possible that Senator book may have a different opinion about this. If she herself had never been sexually abused, it's pretty, yeah, that's a reasonable possibility. Okay. So in that regard, then this, um, I hate to use a silly word, but, the trauma associated with with that sexual abuse trauma gets to apply in that case that's that's a okay. correct use of that term just so yeah. overused i know <laughs> word yeah. um so the trauma associated with the sexual abuse has has um i guess it evoked um a level of uh, of emotion such that your thoughts are now are 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 binded to that emotion, that emotional response to, to that, whatever that subject matter is, sexual abuse in general. And then your thoughts are now going to be, um, overshadowed by that emotion that's attached to that trauma. And it, and without that trauma having happened, you may make different decisions. Is that kind of fair to say? I would agree. Okay. So in that regard, here's my only, I guess, issue with that is, is like, Look, I don't know. I don't think that's going. I don't think this is really going to stop or or deter would be future sex offenders. And the reason why is because when they're committing their crimes, number one, like you said, they think they're going to get away with it, and number two, they are also experiencing that, but in a different way. It's not trauma that is guiding their emotional dysregulation that's leading to distorted thinking that then drives this this weird behavior it's it's i i have this i have these distorted thoughts that are evoking these 
really weird emotions. Those emotions are driving behavior and they're tied to like sexual gratification as well. And so in the same, I mean, the same thing is, is if you take certain people out of that, which is a lot of what we do in therapy is to try to get them to regulate that emotion, to try to think a little bit more clearly and slow that process down so they can interject some replacement thoughts that are going to, that are going to evoke different emotions and drive obviously more pro-social behaviors. Um, it, it's essentially the same exact thing. Like those guys are not going to think about, I'm going to get put to death for this crime. That's not going to enter their headspace because that trope of, well, you should have thought about X, Y, and Z when you were committing your crime never applies because that was the furthest thing from their, their headspace at the time. I'd say they're incapable of thinking about those things because of the emotionally driven decisions that they're making. And um, so it, it it's, on the other side, then vengeance is kind of following through with, you know, it's an emotionally based decision and I feel better about this person being put to death. And so, yeah, the world's a better place ultimately because this dude's, I guess you can make that argument. People can agree or disagree with that, but it very much is an emotionally based decision, which all of these guys are making emotionally based decisions. Nobody's, you know, thinking this out super clearly. So, you know, I'm not saying it's the exact same way of thinking. I'm saying yeah, these are all emotionally based decisions, which are crap in the first place. And so, you know, is it, is it the, I don't know. I don't know. I want to say, right. It's, is it the most effective way of dealing with this problem? I don't know. Yeah. I just wanted to underscore the point you made about the, cause we, we hear that all the time. We, we hear it in our own field still that <coughs> you should have thought about that before you did X and it, and, and that just doesn't show up with a lot of the guys we talk to because of the reasons you, that you underlined. And and so if we can at least temporarily put the, the recidivism deterrence to bed and maybe shift to the vengeance piece that that's where as much as I can empathize and say like, yeah, if someone in my family had that happen, I, I would be singing a very different tune. Probably I might even still hold the opinion that death penalty isn't good for sex offenders while still fully advocating a chance to kill the person myself. Yeah. And so I get that. That's, that's a hundred percent right there. And, you know, Senator book, you know, like I feel actually feels kind of weird, even taking it personal to her. It, so maybe, maybe I shouldn't do that, but just a victim of sexual abuse in general that does agree with that. You know, there's going to be a lot out there. I'm sure that there are some listeners that have unfortunately been abused and you may well think that that would be, true justice, you know, your life is compromised. You've maybe you haven't been the same since it's ruined your capacity for intimacy. It's, it's given you flashbacks and, you know, made life unlivable and, and the, the justice would be ending the life of the perpetrator that probably got off easier than you did being the victim. And so there's that. And then, but the, the part that bothers me about it is that I know for a fact, an absolute fact, because I know a lot of people that fit this category, victims of sexual abuse that have since come around and forgiven the person that victimized them, believe it or not, and and formed relationships with them of their own volition, of their own desire. And because uh, a lot of times it's right in the family, you know, and also I, I really worry so victims of sexual abuse, as most people know, they, a lot of times they unfortunately blame themselves mm-hmm. for, for, uh, sexual offending. And sometimes they get shit from their own family for reporting the abuser. 
And, you know, you and I do reunification with families and, you know, we've, we've seen it to where the victim is kind of getting iced out of the family and, and pressure is put on them to get over it. It's ugly, you know, and, you know, and our job as therapists for both the perpetrator and the victim is to try to make that go off and is healing as much of a healing experience as possible. But I wonder if, you know, some poor young child that is now aware of this uh, death penalty law, if this, if this child is old enough to understand what that means, and then they're currently being victimized by a family member that they hate what's happening to them, but they're conflicted because they still love their uncle. They still love their dad. And in their mind, they're like, well, if I report this, they're going to kill my dad. Mm -hmm. And now the victim who might otherwise have reported this prior to the death penalty being an option sits on it, potentially allowing the abuse to carry on further. And uh, things are complicated. We, it, that, that would be a true tragedy. Or, or if it plays out further to the degree that the victim does report it and then say their father is convicted and then subsequently put to death and then obviously this would happen. So the, the abuse would happen to them when they were, let's say 10, right. Or younger. Um, and then based on the appeals process, they probably would be in their thirties when their father were were put to death. Right. And, um, they may not share Senator book's opinion on this any longer. Like they may have a different, um, they, they may have a, a different, uh, way of viewing this or a different perspective following their own like recovery from this whole thing. And they may be in a point where they want to forgive this person and even potentially invite them back into their life. And then now they're put to death. And now that victim has to live with the knowledge that their admission and, and, and um, reporting of this is what ultimately led to, you know, well, they, not it's, you know, it's clearly the offenders uh, behavior that led to this. But the victim may feel that, hey, because I reported this, it all, I killed my dad, you know, and all, all, and at the end of the day, re-victimizing that person all over again. That would be pretty tragic. It's another layer of tragedy on top of something that was already horrific. Yeah, I we, mean, because if we you do just reunification with these with yeah, families, you know, yeah, they do reunification and successfully a lot of the times. And I wonder, um, yeah, I wonder what the parameters of that would be. I mean, because it, it, it's really based on all the articles that you've given, it's kind of unclear what the, what the exact purpose of this besides vengeance and feeling better about, I mean, if it is that and everybody's in agreement with it and okay, I mean, you know, like I don't live in Florida, so it's not really call it that then. Well, right. But but I mean that if that's really what it is, then say that and, and, and you can have that opinion. Like I'm not, again, I'm not trying to say your opinions wrong or right or anything like right. that. That's not really what I'm getting into because that's irrelevant to what this is about. I'm saying, you say, oh, no, no, I think if you abuse a child, you should be put to death, the end, and it is about vengeance because the world's a better place. Okay, problem solved. If you are, if the attempt is made, which I think they kind of do say that, um, not that they feel, they'll feel better, but that they should be put to death, you know, as if it's like a moral imperative that this does happen. Um, I, I, I just, there's nothing in there even from the lawmakers that I think they, they assume this is going to deter crime from future offenders. Right. So I, th- that's it. So, and I, I'm with you. Like 
if that's your opinion, that's your opinion and like understandable. And again, in, until I thought a little further on it based on what you just got through saying, I, I mean, I might've shared that opinion at one point in time, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's the thing is like, if, I guess if, if, if your opinion is that they deserve it, they deserve to be t- put to death. I guess I would just ask you to take a moment and, and consider the kind of the victim impact component to it. And because again, there, there really are, it might be hard to believe if you're not like in the field or haven't personally experienced it, but there are a lot of people, families that come together The the hypothetical that you gave is a very real world, um, day-to-day occurrence. If you're in this type of, you know, therapy, this type of this, our world. And if, if you're going to put your name or I guess you're, you're, you know, if you're going to be behind something that involves taking another person's life, I guess just, just make sure that you've considered all angles. Mm-hmm. And if you have, and you still hold that opinion, I get it. Yeah. It, it's really weird because I, the other thing is the di- dynamics of how victims are going to feel about this is, is different with every person. I mean, um, you, you remember the Larry Nassar case, right? The, the gymnast. Yeah. The gymnast coach who was sexually abused, like I mean, hundreds of girls, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 So one of his early victims, there's, there's some really good documents, really sad documentaries about it. Um, but one of his early victims, I think it was, it may have been his first one. She was, I believe she was his next door neighbor. And so he had been sexually abusing her for a number of years. And she told her parents and her parents initially believed her or, or no, 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 maybe they didn't believe her one way or another. They eventually did not believe her. And, and imagine this, they made her apologize to him for accusing him of these things. Right. And right. So, and then as, as a young kid now, Obviously, this this fractured their family because now this girl's living with this, you know, this thing that she did tell and their parents didn't ultimately believe her and then made her apologize to this. And so she eventually disconnected from her whole family. Right. And um, now when Larry Nassar was discovered to have done this and this is all that came out and it was true out of out of, I believe, what would be guilt, you know, her father eventually killed himself Oh damn! because he, and, and she said, she said, I was really mad that my dad wasn't killing this guy and wasn't beating the shit out of him because, you know, like, because he, he's should be my protector. He should be there for me. Right. And I'm like, so, but I've heard stories that, you know, um, that, that, you know, why would you, so plenty of dads will say, if somebody ever did that to my daughter, I'd do X, Y, and Z to him. And then the question is, well, yeah, but then if you get caught, you're going to go to prison. Do you want your daughter to have a dad who's in prison? And it's like, yeah, but so even then, even if you're a dad who would do that, that still is based on you, right? Like that's your, your, you are saying, I cannot live with the idea that this person did this to my daughter and out of a sense of vengeance and righteousness, I'm going to cause harm to him, if not death to him. 
And I don't really care about my freedoms because that that's what's right. You're saying they're making the choice. It, it, it's about them and they're making that choice, even though they're doing it for their daughter. They're choosing to override because that. well, because there's arguments against that it's for your daughter. Uh-huh. And a guy might say, well, I'd rather I would rather my daughter be angry at me for being in prison and not be in prison in her life than my daughter be angry at me for not defending her. And you do a quick cost benefit analysis and you make that decision and there you go. But ultimately that's about you. That's not about your daughter, which I, which, I mean, I think all decisions are kind of about that, but that's what I'm saying is that's why, yeah. that's why you do it. So weird situation to be put in. I mean, it, you know, I don't know. And, it, th- and this ugly, eliminates man. that layer. This eliminates that layer. It says, Oh, it's a law. You know what I mean? And then people don't have to take that on themselves because now the government's going to step in and do this. And so that personal sense of vengeance is no longer there. You don't have to follow through and you don't have to run that risk. And people can all feel great because ultimately homeboys put to death and the citizens rejoice, I guess, you know, I I would. And again, this isn't answerable because that you're going to get yes, no's, maybes, but you know, it, the, 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 cause I think it said it was for um, kids under the age of 12, you know, uh-huh, and, uh-huh. And so like 12 and under, which would be a a child. And, and so like, if we're looking for something that checks all the boxes, it checks the deterrence box if possible. It at least checks the recidivism box, certainly. And also the vengeance, you know, you know, a a, a proper way to express the horror of something truly uh, terrible. What, what about the, the life in prison? option as like, I, I I guess I wonder if victims that would be pro death penalty and that, you know, the families of victims that would be pro death penalty would find life in prison without the possibility of parole to be an adequate compromise that potentially backfills some of the, the problems that you and I are talking about with uh, the death penalty. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a weird set of news. We'll have to see. Obviously, this it's going to go to the Supreme Court if it gets signed by Governor DeSantis. So it's not. I mean, this will be an evolving story that we'll have to check in with mm-hmm. a little bit later on. But, um, well, I got a I got a quick story out of Miami as well, out of Florida too. Breaking news, by the way. All right. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember this little banger? As a resident of Miami-Dade County, it is your right to know the names and likenesses of sex offenders living in your area. As a public service, we have created this videotape so that you and your friends and family can stay aware, stay safe, and maybe even have a little fun. Enjoy. Miami-Dade County presents... 1988 Miami-Dade County Sex Offender Registry. The state of Florida has asked us to disclose our sexual crimes to you. We were bad, but now we're good. We're moving into your neighborhood. You know we're trying our best to be functioning members of society. We're not here to start any trouble. We're legally required to do the sex offender shuffle. I'm Larry Arthauer, and I'll refrain from touching my neighbor's kids again. What I did 
was not too kind But I'm a nice guy, you'll come to find I've got a backyard and a real nice pool Y'all should come over for I a barbecue We can make some cold drinks so in my blender But do keep he in mind that to, I'm a sex offender like Vernon Douglas in. is my name My battery arrest is what brought me fame But there's much more to know about me I love to dance and I love to ski I zip and zoom on through the snow Just strap on my boots and watch me go But I can't ski until December Till then I'm just a sex offender I'm Charles Dolan, dropping rhymes I've been arrested seven times I know that sounds like a lot Three of those times were for vandalism Feel real bad, I got caught Might do it again, probably not I'm not here to make pretenses I'm here because of my sex offenses I'm Sam Pound, I'm number one Apologizing for what I've done In case you were wondering what that was I snuck into a bathroom and I... <laughs> <laughs> eat no truffles I'm just here to do the sex offender shuffle Hey everybody, I'm Laura Hughes Proving girls can do it too And by it, I mean touch your cousin Was it worth it? No, it wasn't You won't find me in your child's play set Cause I gotta wear this ankle bracelet I'm not here to go on a bender I'm here because I'm a sex offender Last name Bermholt, first name Mark I'm moving in somewhere on your block Not in a house, but in a van If you need me to move it, I sure can The last thing I want is any trouble Learn my lesson from the sex offender shuffle. It's all I'm the one they call Arthur Chase. They said I didn't have to show my face. My first trial ended in a hung jury. If I'm found guilty, they'll unblur me. I'm not the necrophiliac Arthur Chase. That's a different Arthur Chase. I'm not here to be my own defender. I'm here because I'm possibly a sex offender. Okay, real quick. I'm not like these people. Okay, this is an extortion plot by my ex-wife who's the only witness and she's trying to take away my kids. I'm not here to pack my duffel. I'm just here to do the sex offender shuffle. <laughs> that dude's in every group. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine? We were bad, but yeah, now yeah, we're good. They really we're made dudes. You, you could only get away with this in Florida. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it, it is, and, uh, the first person to show that to me is one of my clients. I love, dude, how he's, like, looking down her neck. Look at that, all those things. So, um, sad, this is a sad story, actually. Um, the, uh. But we're ending on a positive note. Yeah. Jesus, man. Keeping laugh. That is positive. <laughs> uh, the headline, I don't know, this is from 2020, keeplaughingforever.com. I don't know how credible of a source this is, uh says, during the 1980s in Miami, uh, law authorities thought it would be a good idea to disclose all the sex offenders in the area. This is a fairly common occurrence around the world. However, that isn't uh, that isn't common is is that these what isn't common is that these sex offenders were forced to reveal their crimes in a song and dance form called the sex offender shovel. That's clearly a skit. OK, so after watching this, you probably figured out that. Well, I love Wilst. That's such a weird word. Well, the music uh, video is hilarious. It is also not real. The Sex Offender Shuffle is actually a parody of a music video called the Super Bowl Shuffle that the 1985 Chicago Bears performed. The song showcased all the players and generated hype around the team. Blah, 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 blah. Sex Offender Shuffle was created by comedian Scott 
Gardner, Gardner. Uh, many young viewers were not who are not familiar with the original Super Bowl shuffle thought the sex offender shuffle was a real thing that happened in the 1980s. Uh, Scott happily uh, perpetuated these rumors by answering various questions under different names on platforms such as Reddit and ensured fans that the story was legit. So, that's uh, breaking news. Good follow up. That's on it. Uh, that's not real. Sorry, sorry, everybody. I know that's disappointing yeah. to you. So, well, yeah, we'll have to. I guess we'll uh, on. Next uh, sex offense news episode, we'll have to see what's going on Keep with this, this law. It. Yeah, it'll be several months, if not years, before we see I'm any sure. progress. So, right. okay, cool. Bye, everybody. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Gorilla Social Work Podcast. Thanks for listening, you savvy socialites. We hope we've provided you with enough ammo to take down the social work giants and start your own clinical revolution. But before you go, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, or wherever you get your earfuls of knowledge. And if you're feeling extra generous, share us with a friend or two or 20 to help spread the guerrilla warfare tactics far and wide. We'd like to stay in chat longer, but we're lying. Good night. Good night.